so pretty. We go with We go Welcome to this week's episode of The Reigning Three. I'm Luke Murray. We have Paul Dunn, Jesse Bastian. How you doing, guys? Good. It's good to be back. Yeah, we're doing good. Yeah, this every week thing. Hey. Back to normal. Back to podcasting. Feels good. Yeah. Happy Saturday. So just to start off with, I've been watching a couple games this week. What's going on with the New Jersey Nets? What is up oh, with the Oh, the Brooklyn Nets. Nets. Sorry. The New York Nets, Brooklyn Nets, New Jersey Nets. As we found out last As week. As we found out last week. What a mess. The Nets are a bit of a mess right what now. What a mess. What do we got going on? Katie's still out. Katie out. Kyrie is still part-time, part-time. Kyrie. Part-time, half-time. And uh, James Harden has wants now out? on his third team that he wants to get out of. What's going on with that? Well, sounds like there's some collusion. So, I mean, he's still pretty tight. Daryl Morey, his, uh, his buddy from Houston... His dad is now with uh, Philadelphia. So clearly they have each other's numbers. You know? <laughs> <laughs> He's got him on speed dial. But it's not just Maury. There's someone else involved now. Michael Rubin? Michael Rubin, one of the co-owners who's apparently real tight with, uh, with James Harden. Maybe they like, go to the same uh, gentleman's clubs. <laughs> but uh, the rumor is that uh, the, the James Harden is talking to his buddies, trying to break this logjam because there's uh, there's someone in Philadelphia who's currently not playing who might be a James Harden-sized trading piece. Who are you talking about? Talking about Ben Simmons. Come on. Oh, shit. I forgot about, about Ben Simmons. <laughs> ben Simmons. I forgot about him for a minute. So, I mean, James Harden, I think he's... It's weird because he is definitely the third of the three amigos. Sure. You know, he's a friend of a friend. He's uh, He played with KD in Oklahoma, but were they tight? We don't know. Who knows? Who yeah. knows? And they were different players back different then. Different players back then. Yep. You know, so so all of a sudden, it seems like James Harden's like, oh, man, I got these guys in my phone. Why don't I check in and see what's going on with my boys in Philadelphia? I've got a bigger question that I think we should address, and it's talking about big threes. Are they worth the risk? I mean, I would say that the issue with a three-way friendship and relationship is this inevitably... It's two-on-one all the time. It's rare that everyone's in lockstep, right? So I think from a chemistry point of view, there's always like two of the guys kind of aren't getting along and two of the guys are getting along. And so I figure that Mm. like from a chemistry point of view, and then the other thing with the NBA is that by the time you have three max contracts on your salary cap, you have given away all your flexibility and then you're back just tinkering on the edges. What can we do? What other pieces can we get? It's low salaries, veterans. You're mortgaging your franchise's mortga- you know, future. And you've probably had to make some sacrifices with draft picks and mm-hmm. that's mortgaging your future. So you're locked in. It's hard to build around it. And there's no guarantee that there will be harmony between the three guys. You said something that's really interesting there to me. It's about three friendships. Yeah. Back in our day, it wasn't about friendships no. in the NBA. You didn't have to manage that. You played with who management brought into play. And often they wouldn't be friends. They just played together and they played well together. They coexist because people were trying to one-up each other. They weren't trying to be buddy-buddy. They weren't going for wine. They were smoking cigars or whatever the hell else D-Way was smoking. They were not on the banana boat. That's right. That's right. (laughs) So let's talk about probably the best big three of all time, which the most success, which was probably the Chicago Bulls, Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan, Dennis Rodman. Now, Dennis Rodman has gone on record saying he didn't talk to either of those two. Outside well, the game. Well, games. we know that. He was down in Vegas all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, sorry, boys. The Jets are running. I got to go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they were enemies at one point. Yeah, sure. So, so you know, they don't always have to be friends. Another um, but big, we, big we, three, Kobe Bryant, Steve Nash, Dwight Howard. Yeah, that, <laughs> was that a big three? That, that went well. that go? Legendary. Big three for about a week. Legendary. The funny thing about the Bulls, though, is like we call it a big three now, but back then nobody recognized it was. No, it, that it was way. a big two, and then the third part was was optional, and the third part was Kukoc in another era. Sure, you know, yeah. it was always the, the third. That third guy in that mix changed. Yeah. So you know, I mean, I think the big three, as we think of a big three now was obviously Miami. Uh, that was the first. And that was an one. interesting one. Wait, wait, wait. Not the first guy. Let's it wasn't go the back first. to Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish. Sure. Dennis but again, Johnson. That's a big but three. again, that was an era. 3.5. It wasn't identified as a big three back then. They, had, had, they organically put that team together. I mean, together. also think with a smaller league, uh, that there were a lot more talent accumulation because you could certainly go to LA and you could say, well, it was James Worthy, Magic Johnson, and, and Kareem. Kareem. And Kareem. Yeah. Right? Yep. You know, but then again, they also had all they had like Michael Cooper and other all stars around. Good role players. Yeah, let's look. So, at, let's focus on the modern. But I think day the mo- the modern area, and I think that what's happened is that is that the Miami situation has now made everyone feel uh, player movement. Guys want to get along. 
you want to go be on a championship team let's make that big three happen because that's what that's the arms race we need our own big three to compete if there's a big three so is it safe to say lebron james is to blame for this big three era I think that Miami situation... He's a catalyst. He's a catalyst for Yeah, that. choosing to get all your friends together. The way like, he went about it with the it. decision. You know, and I, I don't think... The you press can, conference. I don't think that it's... <laughs> I think that, that he's to blame in so much as he had the leverage and recognized that the league was his and he yeah. could do what he wanted. Yeah. You know, and he wasn't confined to this old way of thinking, I'm going to stay with one team, you know, build around. He's like, hell no, I will be the general manager. I will talk to these guys that I won Olympic gold medals with and we will make, we'll make it happen on our own. And guess what? He's been doing it every, every step of yeah. the way since. Do you remember, you remember the press conference, well, not the press conference, but like the, the party that they had when they announced all three of them? Is that Chris, when they came out? When they yeah, came yeah. out oh. celebrating like they won the goddamn championship. Oh, here's a clip for it right now if you can't remember. So it's Wade's house, LeBron's kingdom, and Bosch's pit, baby. One, two, Yeah, that was a little intense. Chris Bosch, a little hilarious. A little much, hilarious a little yeah, yeah. And, but I would say that when you think about that that big three, it kind of exemplifies that that it's not a balanced three. It's not a, a it doesn't have to be a triangle because it was really LeBron and D Wade that were super tight. It's one alpha, one one alpha, by two supporting. Cast. And then and then Bosch was like, "Hey guys, I'll do whatever I got to. I'll play a different. Oh, you want me to play center? Sure. I'll play center. I'll shoot three. So I'll yeah. shoot three. I just want to be here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are you guys doing after? <laughs> you like wine? I like wine. Speaking <laughs> of chemistry, uh, let's bring this forward. Uh, the Warriors. Yeah, Warriors dealing with some chemistry issues right now. I'll People tell you why their this. main chemist is out. I guess you're right. Yeah, Draymond. Yeah. Do they uh, do they have too many bodies? I, I mean, I don't think you ever have too many bodies, but I think that the challenge of of kind of adapting to clay and finding, I mean, who was essentially a brand new player and a stranger to most of the people mm-hmm. on that roster, yep. the challenge who, but who also comes with an enormous amount of clout sure. that it's, that's a difficult situation because you're taking guys like Jordan Poole who are playing for contracts, yep. guys who are playing for their career, you yeah, know, and, and as much as they want to win a chip uh, for some of those guys are like, I want to stay in that league. They're trying to prove themselves, trying to prove themselves and, yep. and get that long-term deal and get kind of get the, get solidity in their careers. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't envy, uh, I don't envy Steve all yeah. of a sudden. So I think, that's that's a, that's a I think job. Steve's, you know, uh, at least he spent enough time with, uh, with Phil Jackson. He knows the mastery of the, uh, of the, of the personalities. Cause I think that is the challenge. It's, it's convincing guys who are playing for their career to step back and do less. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned Clay Thompson being a different player. He, he, he very much, he's an entirely new player, you know, mm. it's not only the headband and the Afro, but, <laughs> but he's, uh, the he's dribbling the ball more, yeah. than, more than he ever has, you know? And, uh, we wonder how this fits and it is obviously Steph's struggle. Yeah. You know, Steph's got his own struggles right now. I uh, think it's the worst shooting slump of his whole career. Yeah. But you know what? Like, right like shooters shoot, right? And, yeah. and they're going to go through slumps. And, and I looked, I did some numbers, some number crunching and yeah, he's historically having his worth month, but last game he went out and shot 29 or scored 29 points on but, 10 and 20 but I also shooting. think this this is a case of uh, of elevated expectations yes. and their start was so good I mean we started yeah. the season we didn't have them winning we, the we had we had them fourth and yeah. we thought that and we thought fourth was kind of where they'd end up as yep. they got their chemistry together so when you have that hot start all of a sudden everyone raises their expectations well I still think this is a team that needs to find itself over the next 3 months before the playoffs start yeah. it's it's like they've found their identity and now they have to refine yeah. their identity redefine it redefine well, it yeah we don't like we don't hear what happens behind closed doors but it seems everyone's all right with their playing time uh steve kerr does a pretty good job of you know next man up if it's needed someone's out for injury sure. and they also all get a little bit of a run um and a lot of them like gary payton jr bielitsa they all do good in very limited minutes as well mm. Yeah, they fill they fill the gaps. It, it's a little bit different. Uh, we'll talk about Atlanta a few weeks ago, yeah. where they had a lot of players that one of the time they wanted that they, they wanted to be the man. Mm-hmm. This is sort of the opposite problem. Yeah, there is. There were, Atlanta struggles because beyond Trey, who doesn't play defense, there isn't a clear there isn't like a clear hierarchy on that team because. Nobody's got, proven. Everyone looks around and said, well, I'm as good as that guy. Right. I deserve those shots. I right. deserve those minutes. You know? And they're, and they're yeah. all young guys. You know, yeah. the, the Warriors are a little bit more mature. They've been to battle together. They've been to the playoffs together. And there's most certainly a hierarchy of the Warriors. And there's leadership, both vocal and, vo- and then quiet leadership, that will 
that I trust with the next two months. There's too much talent and too much smarts. Speaking of Draymond, being out in the last couple of weeks, man found a new job. <laughs> yeah, TNT. What do we think of that? I think it's weird that when you're in a season going for a championship, that you would be, a, to use the word the NFL likes, a distraction. A distraction. Particularly when a couple weeks ago, you know, or before Christmas anyways, he came out and said, yeah, I wasn't all in the last couple seasons. And yeah. now he's recognized he's re- rejuvenated. And it, and you know, to me, to me, it's like a, it's, a, it's a post-retirement plan. But a little early. save that for when you retire. A I mean, there's, there's no doubt that everyone wants him. Maybe, sure. maybe he's telling us this injury is worse than what we think. I don't think it's that. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. The work that he has done on TNT has been fantastic. Yeah. We all know he could probably be a coach as well. I mean, yeah. well a tough coach, but he could, <laughs> he could certainly be a coach. Uh, he's got a future with TNT. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I question the timing. You know, maybe once they got knocked out of the playoffs, if they got knocked out of the playoffs. But that's the thing. Yeah. Is I think, you know, that's a job that a lot of players transition into when they do get knocked yeah. out in the first and second round. I mean, but, is he going to miss the season-ending party because he's off broadcasting if they don't win the title? Well, that's, and how is it going to work? Like, is he picking up a mic at halftime and, yeah, and, and yeah. checking him to chuck in the boys? I, like, I just, it just, you're right. There's just, it just struck me weird. Yeah. It, we're probably it making more of it than we need to, but yeah, just kind of strange timing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's got plenty of time right now. There's no date for his return. The injury could be worse than what we think. So it could be a couple of weeks and... Yeah, he is open to his safe return. It's been another week of injuries around the NBA. But before we go into the fresh injuries, probably worth talking for a minute about what's going to affect the All-Star game, since we're talking All-Star game a little later in this podcast. No doubt. So we've got about four guys right now who would be pretty much locked for the All-Star game who aren't playing. So we got uh, Katie out till at least February 24th. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul George is out for a significant amount of time, going to be out for a little longer, certainly would have been on my list of All-Stars. Uh, got Dame. Dame time is Dame time is midnight right Off now because he's not playing. <laughs> and then the other guy is Draymond, who I think I spoke at as, as an All-Star at the start of the season yep. and uh, definitely on the All-Star list, but we don't know when he's coming back. He'll so. be commentating. He'll be He'll commentating, be yeah, with his new contract. <laughs> but having said that, a couple of other injuries that cropped up this week, and I think the one that jumped out at me was uh, Tim Hardaway for this Dallas. This sucks. Because they're playing really well, and he's now out until at least April 1st. This and, has got to push a trade for Dallas, right? Yeah, they were looking for some more ball handling and some more outside shooting, you know, and and this just makes that even worse. I mean, he's not necessarily a ball handler, but he's one of their, their wings and their shooters, so I think that there's definitely a deal to find some depth before uh, the trade deadline on the 10th. Yeah. Uh, another one that I think re- really sucked was uh, Nasser Little for Portland. Mm-hmm. They were on a nice little run, like out of nowhere. Mm. And Nasser Little is out for the whole season with a torn yeah. labrum. And he, he, he was also playing really well. I think we name called it, we can name checked him earlier. So uh, I hate to see that. Things have gone from bad to worse in yeah. Portland. And, and a team that, uh, yeah, they're gone from bad to worse. And a team that was still doing great, even though their injuries are piling up, is Phoenix. You know, yeah. my man Bismack Biombo is now their starting center because uh, DeAndre. DeAndre Ayton, JaVale McGee are both out, and uh, Sarich and Kaminsky are out until April. So they're, you know, Bismack Biombo is, uh, is earning that, uh, that, that contract. 10-day contract? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, there's a fair chance that's going to be extended, I think. Yeah, I think that it's going to make it permanent for the rest of the season. For yeah, sure. no doubt. There's uh, a there's a guy that came off the injury list for about an hour or so. Is he wearing street clothes? Hey, hey. Anthony Anthony Go Davis Lakers. played so well against Joel Embiid, even though they lost, and now he's got what little wrist little wrist thing, little wrist finger. I got a new name. I got a new nickname. Wait, wait. Fanthony Davis. Fanthony Davis. <laughs> He's just a fan of the game. He's got the best seat in the house. Loves it. Yeah, if I play once a month, I can keep these tickets. That's, That's what I'm he's saying, thinking. man. He's got to figure it figured out. Courtside <laughs> seats for every game. Yeah. Gets the dress gets up paid. in his street clothes. Gets paid, gets paid for courtside seats. Oh, man. He's yeah. got, yeah, best deal going. Best yeah. deal going. <laughs> the only problem with that, it comes with a little bit of danger pay because he get, might get hit in the head by one of Russell Westbrook's shots. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Yeah, it's, uh, it's tough, man. It's tough in Lakerland right now. I mean, you now LeBron's <laughs> injured or is he coming back? I haven't I haven't been following the Lakers that much just, this just, week. Just Nicks and bruises. He'll be back, man. Yeah, he's a machine. Nicks and bruises. He's is a thirty-seven-year-old man. He's so. probably just resting up for the All Star game. Yeah, yeah. and he's been <laughs> carrying that team for the last couple of months, eh? 
Hey, we're holding steady. Yeah. We're holding steady at uh, at the seven spots. So well, like, isn't it funny nine, how Westbrook nine, nine spot? My bad. Nine. Yeah, yeah. Half a game behind the Timberwolves. <laughs> isn't it funny how Westbrook decides to have a good game when everyone else is out? I think that's he's just so used to playing by himself. Hey? Yeah, he went for thirty. Yeah, I, th- I mean, no, 35, 30 in the second half. I think we've we've talked about it. He just doesn't know how to share. No. He's a bad kid. You know, it's he funny because he's not even an only child. He's not he's an only child, and yeah. he's—he he, I mean, the story of him, what he does for his, uh, his, his—I think his, his brother is, has learning disabilities, yes, right? Developmental, and he's incredible. But but when it comes to the basketball court, he is the most selfish guy. And he every time he's in a situation where his green lights go, plays great. He's not selfish. He's throwing the ball to fans. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to get everyone involved, right. handing out souvenirs, turnovers. Hey, I passed it off the top of the backboard to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, I've done my deal. You why don't you get a couple of steals here? It'll help your car. Contract oh, year. Shit. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. So guys hurt. This is part of the game. Feels like there's been a more going on this year, but uh, we'll keep rolling with it. Earlier this week, we had the all-star teams for the East and West, the starters, fan voting announced. What do you think? Vo- fan voting sucks, What do you think? Man. Fan voting sucks. Screw the fans. Well, how does the fan voting work? Uh, the votes are calculated. It's 50% selected by the fans. 25% by NBA players, which is basically a popularity vote. Yeah. And then 25% by media, which is probably the only accurate votes that can. Yeah, those are the advanced stack guys. Well, it's PR. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Let's this run, Raptor reading. Let's run down the West starters. All right, let's go. All right. Uh, for the West, we have Steph Curry, 25, 26 points a game, five and six. Ja Morant. 26 points a game. Well-deserved. First time. Yeah, yeah, first hey, time congratulations, Ja. No doubt. And at small forward, we have another first-time All-Star, Andrew Wiggins. No, you, you fucked that up. What do you mean? Wiggins? Yeah. Andrew Wiggins, starter, All-Star, 22. Canadian, Canadian content, though, boys. Yeah. Canadian content. Did I miss an email? Like, were we all supposed, as Canadians, were we all supposed to vote for Wiggins? Where, where did these I votes think, come from? I think from? He's, a, he's an honorary Korean because he got some K-pop votes on there. Oh, my God. Or was it the anti-vaxxers? <laughs> Who knows? Get him in those two. <laughs> All right. Anyway, yeah, Wiggins. The sound of three heads. Like, let, let's not get this wrong. He has played extremely well this year. Right. He has yeah. improved every facet of his game. He is more of a two-way player than he was before, and one of the best two ways in the league. But, but does he deserve to start in the West? He's averaging eighteen points a game. I mean, he's he's also playing great defense. I think he's going to get votes for an all you defensive team. You don't start team, but, at the All Star game, but yeah, you like play good second, defense. second team All Defense does not get you in the All Star game. Man, four yeah. and a half rebounds a game and two assists. Like, what happened? Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Fan voting sucks. Uh, that's what's going on. All right, guys, I voted for him. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I use you my would, man. I use my media vote. <laughs> You would. All right, moving on. All right, starting at the four, we have LeBron James, who's almost averaging 37 and 6. And big man in the center, Nikola Jokic. Most underrated all-star. Most underrated MVP ever. Now, do you think anyone was snubbed from this list? Hell yeah, I do. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it happens every year, but like this year's You're not going to say Anthony bad. Davis, are you? No, I'm not. No, right. I'm not. Okay. This year's pretty bad. Um, we got three perennial all-stars uh, two perennial all-stars yeah, yeah. i think in devin booker who's getting 25 five and four and a half a game and then luka Doncic. i know we talked yeah, about his story had a rough start on. but man he is playing lights out right now yeah 25 almost nine and almost eight or nine assists a game yeah incredible and look where the dallas is right i know we talked about the injury but they're pushing I'm pushing they're playing great and then Draymond, of course. Obviously, yeah. injury time takes away from it. Wait, wait, wait. We just said with Wiggins, you don't get a player playing defense, get into the starting lineup. But so Draymond, how is Draymond a snub? Averaging 7.2 and 7.2. Draymond's doing a hell of a lot more than playing defense, man. Like we've talked about yeah, before. I know. I, know. I was the, just having a go. He's the heart and soul. He is the straw that stirs that drink. And you know what? Injuries do play a factor. Both Luca and Draymond have missed 15 games this season, and Draymond's obviously ongoing. But uh, It's absurd to have the team with the best record in the NBA not have a starter. Yeah, and that happened on both sides. We'll yep. get to the East later, but uh, neither the Suns or the Heat, who are currently leading in the East, have an all-star starter, which yeah, is crazy. Uh, unfathomable. I don't know if that's ever happened in history. We've got to look that back. I mean, it was weird. It should not have happened. All right, well, let's have a look at the East. Um, at guard, we have Trey Young, averaging 28, 4, and almost 10. DeMar DeRozan, 
There's a good one, hey? Happy to have him back in the All-Star game. Yeah. yeah, yeah As yeah, a yeah. starter, it's fantastic. Well-deserved, yeah. 26 and a half, five rebounds and almost five assists. All right. At small forward, we have Kevin Durant. Probably the most well-deserved, despite the injuries. He's missed 12 games and counting, but uh, a shoe in Carrying that team on those skinny shoulders of his. Yeah. At mm. power forward, we have Giannis Antetokounmpo. Too easy. Too easy, yeah. All-star for life. And center, who's probably playing the best basketball of his career right now, Joel Embiid. He is lights out. My God. What, didn't you say you're going to wear an Embiid jersey? What's going on, man? Uh, I'll wear an Embiid jersey on All-Star Day. How's that? <laughs> I'll make you a deal. I still think it's where you got an Embiid jersey. Well, there's a story. We'll tell that story <laughs> some other time. It involved alcohol. Snubs. <laughs> well, Zach Levine, hey? Yeah, that's a big one. That's a yeah. big one. Where would you put it? I mean, and the, let's be honest, obviously, Durant's not going to be healthy for the All-Star yeah. game. So I'm thinking Zach Levine gets the nod in his position. I think it's a Is solid safe call. to say? Yeah, as a starter. I mean, I, here's the, I, would, I would start him over Trey Young. I just think that, uh, mm-hmm. that Atlanta's been a garbage fire, and Trey Young doesn't play any defense. Zach Levine, let's be clear, he's not a plus defender, but he works hard on defense. And, right. You know, Trey Young does a lot, a lot of floating out there. He's probably the most easily picked player in the whole league. Well, unfortunately, the fans have spoken. Trey yeah. Young started. Fan voting sucks. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, he's got good numbers, but he's just the, the team success. He shouldn't be there. Yeah, I, I have to agree. So, But, but uh, I think Zach Levine, for me, the most prominent uh, snub there. Yeah, no doubt. All in all, uh, pretty happy with these All-Stars outside of a couple guys there. 8 out of 10 ain't bad. 8 out of 10, not bad. Uh, I want to note LeBron James, 18th All-Star appearance. He's one away from tying... Mr. Kobe? Kobe. And Kareem? Kareem, correct. Yeah, yeah. Lots of Laker love. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what about the Heat? We did mention the Heat. The Heat don't have anyone in the starting five. Not in the starting five, but I think we'll see some creep up and we can talk about the, uh, the reserves. Talk about the reserves next. The All-Star Reserves are getting announced this Thursday, February 3rd, and we thought we'd put our heads together, separately in fact, and uh, come up with our list of uh, our reserves. So we've uh, come up with a consensus list, and then there's a few things that we didn't agree on. So, begrudgingly. Begrudgingly, you know, <laughs> but we're friends here, so there was no fighting. Uh, but let's start with the West, because we're in the West. Uh, Jesse, who are our three forwards? we got Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, and Draymond Green. I think that's uh, hard to disagree with, and we didn't disagree. It's pretty thin, I think, for the front court pickings. It's easier to pick guards when the you have West, a look at the list. The West was easy. Yeah, the West, the West was, where did you get to was a breeze. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 definitely a guard driven league. So when and we actually have guards playing forward now. So which is one of the things that we talked about when we were coming up with this list. But yeah, those three: Draymond Green, Rudy Gobert. They'll both be finalists for the Defensive Player of the Year. Carl Anthony Towns, twenty four points, nine and a half rebounds, three and a half assists. Shooting 41% from threes as a seven-footer. That still blows me away. It's man. crazy. Yeah, that I mean, he's the best three-point shooting but it's seven-footer u- in it's history. It's ugly, though. It's yeah. like a set shot. It's, 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 it's nicer than Jaron Jackson Jr.'s three-point shot. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right. So then we got two guards. Who are the two guards? The Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns, man. Devin Booker, Chris Paul. Yeah, as it as should be. Easy peasy. Absolute insult that there weren't as a starter from a team that's like 34-9 or something right now, yeah. leading the West by four games. Crazy. Yeah, Chris Paul, 37 years of age, going on 100. No no cartilage in his knees and just playing. Just playing, man. Yeah, he deserves to be there. So we got uh, a total of seven reserves. So those are our first five. Those are no problem. Too easy. Yeah. Uh, next two, we went with uh, a guy who's having a great season, Luka Doncic. MVP. Oh, sorry. I was going to say that you were going to say Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. <laughs> My MVP. Luke, Luke's MVP candidate here. <laughs> Donovan yeah, Mitchell, yeah. he's not quite putting up MVP numbers. He's 25 and a half points, five rebounds, five assists. You still have half a season. He's having a, he's having <laughs> a hell of a season. Though. Yeah, he belongs in the All-Star game. But the one thing we know about the All-Star game is that all the guys you think are going to be there aren't always there. They're injuries. So we each have our uh, sneaky pick for an injury replacement. So who you got as your injury replacement? I got Ant Edwards. I went with Ant Edwards, man. The guy... The guy's averaging 22 and a half a game, 5.2 rebounds and uh, three and a half assists a game and is inserted himself as the second option on that team. Yeah, he's playing great. I mean, he has also like got the most swag. I mean, he's got enough swag for the whole team. Like, yeah. I think that it's weird because Carl Anthony Towns is the star of the team. Sure. And it's strange that a guy in his second or third year is actually the guts of the team. And he is like supplanted deloading as the the go-to guy on that team. Banging on people and like looking to bang on people at every opportunity. And can shoot the ball from three, 37 and a half from three. 
and is an amazing athlete, can just take it to yeah. the hole over anyone. And I think his comments this week was, this year I'm making the all-star team, next year MVP. And I like that mentality, you know, whether it comes to fruition or not. Like, you got to, at, at that age, what yeah. is he, 21 years old, 20 years yeah. old? That's the mentality you got to have coming into this league. I actually watched some highlights this week when we were talking, and I realized that, like, there are two kinds of jumpers. There are guys who jump super high, and there are guys that jump with force. And jump at you. And jump at you. And yeah. he's a guy, when you look at him, he's not always eyeballs at the rim kind of jumping. He's looking for contact. But he is, like, jumping through people, and he is, like, I think people are genuinely scared of him because he is such a forceful player yeah. that people do not want that action. They yeah. do want, not want that smoke. Like, Dame, or sorry, Dame, uh, John Morant will, yeah. will bang on you, but he's looking for a bucket. And he's getting up, and he's slithering around and not That's welcoming right. contact. Where yeah. I mean, I feel like uh, I feel like Ant is, like, that situation successor to Vince Carter like he's like yeah I am I'm oh, not I'm only through. jumping jumping high I'm gonna jump through you and over you and it's gonna hurt you when it, we make contact yeah yeah so we never obviously wish an injury on anybody but uh, it'd be cool to see Ant Edwards in the all-star yeah. game this season he'll, yeah. have, he'll have plenty of burn in the rising stars game and we'll touch on that later but yeah. uh he's he's my my reserve pick as well I would you know an all-star game is about seeing the stars and he's got my fan vote so who you got? You got uh, I got Dejounte Murray. Very Ooh. well deserved, also. Yeah, yeah. How a hell of a season! Yeah, he's averaging eighteen, almost nine and nine, and it's pretty similar to the numbers that Ben Simmons has been putting up the last few years. Just a little bit more offensive, <laughs> but he's also not including this hell of a I mean, <laughs> lockdown defender as well, though. Averaging yeah. two steals a game. I think the only knock on that is San Antonio sitting at eleventh place, and it's tough to get a guy that. Exactly, but those numbers, they, they do oh, make yeah. a case. Oh, yeah. I think he surprises people with how long his arms are. I mean, like, he steals the ball when people don't think he can get at, get at the ball. That's right. Like, yeah. he just, he's, he's a really, really great defender, yeah. so I'd love to see him in the game. But then again, no one plays defense in the All-Star game anyway, so what, what good is he? Yeah, exactly. All right. I, do, I do want to mention, though, I, I did have Dame Lillard as an outside shot for an for injury an inter- reserve, but then we realized. You can't replace Dame. an injury with an injury. <laughs> yeah, you know. Two wrongs don't make a right in this case, right? Yeah, so he's not making it. But, all, right. Uh, all right, so let's get to the East. This was a little trickier. I think we had consensus on our uh, first five. So why don't we run through uh, the three forwards we all agreed on? Yeah, we had Jason Tatum, uh, Jared Allen, Jimmy Butler. And we moved Jimmy Butler. I think Jimmy Butler on the all-star ballot is a guard, but he on he that plays team, a, he plays, just plays all over the place. Yeah. I mean, Duncan Robinson is effectively their shooting guard. And yeah. I think Jimmy Butler plays more forward and defends the forward position. So I'm we're making him a forward, and that's our final decision. And I want to highlight Jared Allen, first-time all-star. <laughs> first time, yeah. Played, and well-deserved. Yeah, on a team that's playing great right now. I mean, Jason Tatum, that Boston team is, a again, like a dumpster fire. Dumpster fire. But that guy's played every game, putting up 26 points, eight and a half rebounds, four assists. You know, not the greatest three-point shooting season, but he's just dependable for that team. Yeah, he's really stepped he's up a star. as a player, yeah. What about the guards? The guards, LaMelo Ball and Zach Levine, one of, our, one of the guys we thought was snubbed from the starting lineup. Uh, first all-star game for LaMelo, and he is having a hell of a season. Well-deserved. Yeah, 19-7-8. and eight. Uh, and just leading a team that's probably the most fun team to watch in the NBA. There's them and them and my, Memphis probably would be the two teams. I'd almost say single-handedly dragging that team into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. He's. I mean, he takes some chances and he tries to make passes that maybe aren't there. But man, he can play. Yeah, he can I mean, play. he's making Jason Kidd passes, but this isn't year year two. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, sky's the limit for yeah. For top five ball. passer in the NBA already at this stage of his and career. And can you think of a guy, a better guy, to more suited to being an All Star yeah. game than Melo Ball than throwing it up to everybody else? That's the guy you want. That in the might All-Star tip game. the scales and get him in the All Star yeah. game. Yeah, alley oops for days. And Zach Levine, we talked about as a starter snub, so don't need to talk about him. He'll be there. He'll yeah, be he'll there. be there. I mean, yeah. again, just like a supremely talented offensive player, and I think it's it's like the first time in his career that he's ever had like winning streaks of more than three games. Yeah. I mean, it's like he must be a kid in the candy store getting to play with real quality players in a winning environment. Yeah. Um, what a what a change of scene that is for him. No doubt. Now here's where things get. Yeah, a things get a little interesting. That's do you want to do you want to lead on this, Jesse? Tell us who your sixth and seventh reserves are. I got James Harden. Mm-hmm. You guys get real quiet on me, man. He's well deserved. I mean, yeah, I know he's a little out of shape and he's on a dysfunctional team. Uh, Maybe I mean, he the, is the dysfunction on the team. Well, it's remained to be seen. <laughs> he's averaging twenty three a game, eight rebounds and ten assists. I mean, it's consistent with what he's done in his career. He's a nine time All Star now, I believe, and I mean, he belongs in the All Star game. You know, I you know, know he's a different player. I'm taking the Aaron Rodgers on this. Sorry, man, he's an asshole. I'm not voting for him. <laughs> That's fair enough. <laughs> That's fair enough. <laughs> so, who do you have instead of him then? Uh, I got Fred Van Vliet. 
And I don't, Freddie like, All-Star. Tough to call him Freddie All-Star. Freddie All-Star. All-Star I, and, I, and I don't even think it's close. Like, I don't think wow. this... Uh, like, I think if you look at the advanced metrics and, you know, being the... We're now in the media, so we can talk advanced metrics. I mean, this guy has got the highest Raptor rating of anyone in the NBA. The plus-minus on off the floor. First in the league in minutes. Second in three-pointers made. He's, I mean, his numbers are uh, by, uh, raw numbers. He's averaging 22, seven, or 22 points, seven assists, five rebounds on... on uh, almost 40% three-point shooting. Heart and soul of that team plays lockdown defense. Yeah, I don't even think it's close. That guy's an all-star. They're ninth. Yeah, so? Ninth in the East. There's 12, ros- 12 roster spots. So maybe he's the, he's the ninth <laughs> roster spot. Bang, I'm done. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, who's yours? Who's your sixth man? For my sixth man, I, I, th- I got two players. I got Darius Garland or Tyler Hero. That's what I'm looking at there. I'd like Miami to have uh, two players. I think it's a first place team. Yeah, yeah. you can make that argument. And, and Tyler Hero is having a great season. We've talked about him potentially being the sixth man of the year. Um, also, probably most improved. Yeah, but he's averaging almost twenty-one, five, and four, shooting well. He's almost played all of their games. He's been their most yeah. consistent player, who's played the most games, and that's why I'm choosing him. Here's my only argument with that: Who was the last player to come off the bench just being an All Star game? Well, there's been a couple. There's been a couple, yeah. Kobe. Was it Kobe? Kobe started. Kobe started as a, as a yeah. No, but I think uh, Ginobili was an all-star. Yeah, as a, as Ginobili a as well, but I'm saying it's it's few and far between. Yeah. Uh, hats off to Tyler here, obviously an amazing basketball player. I talked about him last week, but uh, I think he's an outside shot at best. Yeah. I mean, I like the Garland pick because I think the Garland pick being that the game is in Cleveland mm-hmm. and they're playing really well, I think there's a second, a second all-star selection for them possible. Sure. Also made possible by the fact that there's at least one major injury and potentially, you know, more that are yeah. Come there's before. probably two injury spots that can yeah. So I think Garland, yeah. I've got him in, in the mix. I didn't have him in my top seven, but I got him definitely have him in the mix. Yeah, well, if we're, there's going to be if our predictions are correct, there's going to be a few first time all stars. Yeah. Already we know Ja Morant is going yep. to be a first time all star, but yep. we can have Fred Van Vliet, Jared Allen, <laughs> Jared Allen, yep. Lamelo Ball, Wiggins, Wiggins. Darius Garland, uh, Tyler Hero, outside yeah. shot. So all these are new names to the All Star. So who's your, uh, we didn't get your seventh guy. Who's your seventh? Chris guy? Middleton. Middleton. You guys forgot about Chris. Everybody oh, hates man. Chris. You know he's why? A, it's, he's like he's having a down season and he missed a bunch of games. So I have a hard time. A picking down that guy. season. I mean, they, he's like down, off down a from his normal numbers. Well, he's been injured. He's been out of the lineup a little bit. They're just but, not uh, exciting. I know he's not exciting, yeah. but I mean, it's it's not about. I mean, it's not about having excitement in the All-Star game as we've yeah. seen yeah, in the past, exactly. right? <laughs> Paul, what does your mom think of him? She does not like his face. Yeah. <laughs> and I go with mom. Mom's always right. You know the guy I had on there as my seventh guy? Bradley Beal. Had a really tough start to the season. Yep. So, his, so his aggregate numbers aren't fantastic. He's having a tough time. Only shooting 30% from three, but that number's come up fast. You know, and he's putting up 24 points a game, five rebounds, six and a half assists. I like Bradley on Bill. a team that's playing well. They're in. They'll they'll be a play-in team. Um, you know, they'll they'll you won't, don't want to face that team in the play-ins if they get healthy. Nope. Injuries, so. injury replacement. Who do you got? I Garland is my injury replacement. Yeah, Garland. Yeah. yeah. So we're pretty similar. There's I, a couple. I have Freddie. Different. I have Freddie, and if not Freddie, Bam out of bio. But you guys shot that shit down because he hasn't. Twenty four games. Yeah. Twenty four games. The guy's yeah. played half the season. But look what Modern, he's done. He's a double double guy. He's an automatic well, double double. Put Anthony Davis in there if you want guys that aren't playing. Anthony Davis plays in the West. I mean, as a general point. All right. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Bam, but I also think he's he's maybe the third most important player on that team because Kyle Lowry doesn't have the numbers, but he's played like every damn game and yeah. played like hell. So I know our listeners right now are saying, well, what about this? What about that? We'll talk about snubs next week. Yeah, when these things come out, when we actually get them next, uh, next episode, we'll actually talk about snubs. We'll see how we did. Yeah. Well, question for you guys. Since we're here talking about the All-Star game, who would you put in the dunk contest? Just off the top That's of your head. That's a good question. They've been mum on the dunk contest. I haven't heard anything about it. Anything at all. I mean, But just two players. Two players that you'd put in there. John Moran, Anthony Edwards. John Moran, Anthony Edwards. You see him come a mile away, and when he gets here, he rain down on you. Last week, we did our Rain Man of the Half season, but this week, we're back to Rain Man of the Week. So let's lead off. Jesse, who jumped out at you this week? Stanley Johnson and my Lakers. Johnson, nice feet inside. Stanley Johnson gets it a go. I like the way Stanley Johnson is competing defensively. 
Absolutely. Harden stolen by Johnson. Can't say enough about the job that Stanley Johnson is doing. Find Stanley Johnson who got the start tonight. Good bounce. Johnson going all the way. Lays it up and in. Taken away by Stanley. Long lead ahead of the Packers. Buchanan. And Stanley Johnson of six. Toronto Raptor Stanley Johnson, I think you mean. Ex-Detroit Piston, <laughs> ex-couple players. Yeah, talk about a revitalization of this guy's career. He started the season with the South Bay Lakers. Not a lot of aspirations to get into the league, but he was a COVID call-up. Yeah. And uh, immediately proved his worth. Signed three consecutive 10-day contracts. He's, he's been playing great. Yeah, he had six starts in that spell. Earned himself a two-year contract this week. Dysfunctional powerhouse Lakers. And this guy finds his way to earn himself a two-year a two contract. Maybe a dysfunctional guy like him just feels at home. <laughs> I mean, let's be clear. Stanley Johnson is looks like he was stamped out of uh, the NBA wing factory. Yeah. He's like six six with a six eight wingspan. Like and he does it on both. Cut out of granite. Court. Like plays gets down in a good defensive position. He just never found the right situation. Toronto spent two years trying to convince him to do less sure. and do it better. Yeah, and yeah. he never, never kind of penetrated. And maybe LeBron saying it instead of Nick Nurse saying, Lakers saying "Do whatever you want." <laughs> Lakers are like, "Man, do it all, do it all, do whatever you want." And that game in that highlight package, most of that highlight package was from that game on the seventeenth against the Utah Jazz. He was a man possessed in the fourth quarter, ten yeah. points. 50, he did that a couple times. He put up thirty yeah. spots for the yeah, Raptors. He's just taken over. Yeah. So uh, Stanley no, Johnson, I, I like the guy. I mean, I want a guy just like that to succeed. Exactly, yeah. Rain Man of the Week, Stanley Johnson. Who you got? My Rain Man of the Week is Joel Embiid. Joel, the offensive rebound and the finish. Maybe that'll get this place back into it as Joel gets to the line. Big man doing that. 38 for Joel Embiid. He's the MVP in this league, and I'm going to say it now, by far. Yeah. Listen, no disrespect to all these other guys who happen to get you, but that man right there is playing better basketball than anybody in the world. An obvious pick. Too but, easy. You know, I mean, uh, we have banged on Joel Embiid a few times for being out of shape and not turning up in a, not every game. Joel Embiid looks like the dream of what Joel Embiid was supposed to be like. It's funny you mentioned the dream. Yeah, because he looks like the dream. Yeah. I mean, his footwork, he's fit. He looks, everything about him looks good. So this week, putting up crazy numbers, 36 and a half points, 12 rebounds, almost six assists and two blocks a game. And let's say he's been the rain playing at this level for the last Two month, last month or so, yeah. his stats over the last 10 games, 35 points, 11 rebounds, four and a half assists, 55% shooting. And he's doing it in 32 minutes a game. He's averaging more than a point a minute, which is absurd in That's the out NBA. of this world. Uh, Danny Green came out this week and said he's like Shaquille O'Neal with uh, footwork and touch. Yeah, I mean, footwork and touch and everything. He's playing great defense and just uh, he's kind of reached the ideal of what everyone thought he might be. And he may even be a little better. And the funny thing is he's a troll, but great story this week. He got into it with, uh, with a rookie and the Pell's rookie Alvarado. Yeah. And the guy's like six feet tall, maybe a buck 80 and uh, jawed at him. They went back and forth. They got teased. And after the game, Joel told him, it's like, man, I like your attitude. He goes, I'm going to pay the, the fine for the technicals. You can't afford it. He it goes, was a thousand bucks. Yeah. He said, I made, I made what your, your whole salary last week. I'm paying it. So I think we got a little clip we can play, but yeah, great story. You know, we played against the Pelicans and, you know, I watch a lot of, you know, basketball. Uh, you know, anytime I'm not doing anything, I'm always watching other games and stuff. And I just like his energy. Uh, he plays hard. Uh, he competes. Uh, even when he picked up the tech, uh, you know, he wasn't backing down. And who's yours? Come on, last up is Luke. All right, for my Ray Man of the Week, I have Bismack Biombo. I love this Raptors content. <laughs> Biombo got a piece of that one on the drive-by for set. Biombo runs the floor, gets the payoff. Biombo inside the three, gets the putback and the foul. Biombo again rolls, finds Cam Johnson from the corner, lights it up for feet. Biombo just grabbing everything like a vacuum. 17 points, eight boards for Biombo in his 21 minutes. All right, I have this thing for choosing Phoenix backup centers as my <laughs> rain man of the week, having picked yeah, JaVale, JaVale McGee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's come in. He, over the last five games, he's averaging uh, almost 16 and 11, 1.5 blocks. He's been filling in. Ayton's been out. Um, 
McGee's been out. McGee's been yeah, out. mainly Kaminsky's out with uh, out. foul yeah, trouble. Out. Yeah, but you know, biombo has been staying in the game. He's given them good numbers, closing good closing out games for them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, offensive boards. He's getting on there, and it's just you know, last year when they're in the finals, the one thing they needed was some more help from the bigs. Oh, uh, backup center. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now they have two. Um, so they can manage with Javar McGee. He's going to have a good night. We have Biombo. So Biombo is going to be starting a couple of games now. It's good for them. It yeah. also takes some of the pressure off uh, Kaminsky and Sarich, who are both supposed to come back in April. Yep. You know, they've got what they need for the playoffs right now. They just need these the three guys in their big lineup to, uh, to get healthy. But yeah, a nice addition. I mean, he's... The guy's a vet. He's played a lot of games. I mean, he's got, he went to the Eastern Conference Final with Toronto and played against the Cavs. And, and so he's, you know, the guy knows what to do. It's very niche. You know, he could be one of the most important players on the floor or he could be sitting on the bench. It depends on the team and who they're playing. Yeah, it's very situational. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's the way for role players. You didn't know? think I'd see Bismack Biombo on our ring. I did not think we'd have two well extra done, on our Raptors yeah. on here. Well that's done, good. Dude. Well done. <laughs> you always bloody bring it back to the Raptors, eh? Hey, it's the, it's the core of my universe. <laughs> All right, Rain Man of the Week. With the first pick in the 1992 NBA draft, the Orlando Magic selects Shaquille O'Neal. When you got it going on, oh, you got it give going it to on. him anyway. He didn't just dunk it. He threw it through. He threw the ball through. Oh. He was up so high, he threw it through. Oh, that is incredible. Oh. All right. It's the time of the week where we do our all-time team. And this week, we're rolling into the some of the very best teams never to win a, champ, win a, never to win a title. Got the Orlando Magic up. I'm pumped for the Magic. You're pumped for the Magic? Yeah, man. There's a couple of names that jump right into your head when you think Orlando Magic. But surprisingly, some great players have gone through that team. So I'll do a little bit of history. Story we'll time with it Diddy. Off. Story time with Diddy. So Orlando came into the league in 1989. I think we've been through the other teams. Yeah. They, they came in with uh, the Timberwolves and Charlotte. Still haven't talked about the Heat because they got some chips. Mm-hmm. Uh, came into the league in 1989. And as you'd expect from an expansion team, first few years were rough. But uh, their first draft pick was... Nick Anderson. Oh, I like Illinois. Nick Anderson. He was part of that really great Illinois team that went to the Final Four. Kendall Gill on that team. But he was their first pick, 10th overall. And he's he was with that team for a long time and played. But uh, it took him a few years. When it, things really changed was uh, when they got little lottery luck. And they got the number one overall pick. And a, a player you might remember, Shaquille O'Neal, was Shaquille. drafted. I mean, it wasn't instant success. Took until uh, his second season there before they made the playoffs. Uh and then another couple of years, and uh, I think it was in uh, one of Michael Jordan's little break when he took his little baseball 95. break, 95. 95. Uh, they got all the way to the finals and got swept by Houston. By uh, well, well, step back a little bit. One of the things that happened with them is they got the number one draft pick two, two years, years in, in a row. row. Right. Yeah. I mean, one of the crazy stories is that, uh, is that they drafted Shaq in 92, and they got the number one pick in 93, and they chose one, Chris Webber, one of my yeah. favorite players, as yeah. you know. Imagine yeah. them playing together, Shaq and C-Webb. And the concern at the time was that Shaq was a sub-50% uh, foul shooter, and Chris Webber was a terrible foul shooter, surprising enough for a guy who ended up being a really excellent free shooter. Terrible announcer, too. Ter- Shout-outs to like Chris Webber. I like him. I Te- like him. Terrible. Uh, he was a terrible, f- terrible free-throw shooter in college, and they were concerned that having their two best players be foul magnets and not being able to shoot free-throws was a bad way to build a team. So they traded C-Webb to Golden State for Penny Hardaway and three first-rounders. There was another reason, too, hey, because Shaq had made a movie called Blue, Blue Chips, Chips with yeah. this young basketball player named Penny Hardaway. They'd built a bit of a friendship, yeah. and Shaq was pushing, hey, I want him. I want him. Still one of the best hoops movies going. Yeah, it is great, good. Eh? Great movie. So, not having uh, not having Chris Webber, they got Penny Hardaway, who had some great seasons there, and that team was it actually became uh, Penny's team pretty quick because uh, Shaq only stuck around for four years before he went to well, where did he go, Jesse? What team? The Los Angeles Lakers. Los Angeles Lakers, yeah. right? Right. <laughs> That's the team Correct. he went to. Uh, so a couple of good years, and then they started to go downhill. And at Penny Health, Penny's health issue. 
You know, I mean, that Penny team was good. It had Horace Grant, who'd come over from Chicago, Ronnie Cycli, Dennis Scott, a uh, solid playoff team, never got never got over the hump. And then Penny got hurt, a couple of it down seasons, slipped away. Blew it up. But they had cap space, and they had recent success, so they thought that they were going to build a super team with all this cap space. So 2000 comes, lots of free agents out there, guys like... They wanted a big three, didn't they? Well, they knew they could get two. I think just based upon the salary cap, they knew there was sort of three or four targets, and they knew they could get two of them. They almost got Tim, Tim Duncan. Duncan. Yeah. And that would have been a game changer. Yuck. That would have been weird. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think looking back now, but the two guys they did sign, they got uh, Tracy McGrady and Grant Hill, and they thought, here we go. We got, we got the core of our team. Well, Grant Hill did his ankle, and it only played four games in that first season. Played did four. his ankle, and it goddamn almost fell off. Yeah, did four, played uh, – Four games the first season there, 14 games the second season there, 29 games the third season there, and finally had a relatively good season in his like full season by the fourth season, but he wasn't the player he was. Well, he was, was an all-star that year, though. What no. was it? He, he broke it. He broke it so bad that there was a staff infection. Staff and, infection. And, they and had no to go lie. reconstruct it. They and nearly like, had to, yeah. They nearly had to amputate it. Yeah, and then he had foot issues along with the ankle issue as well. So it was uh, that didn't work out. And so Tracy McGrady went there thinking he was going to be on a championship team, mm-hmm. and the team was was good, but like a first-round exit playoff kind of team. So he probably thought, since we're not going to win, I'm going to lead the league in scoring. Twice. Twice. Back-to-back, yeah. Back-to-back. 3 and 4 Yeah, that 32 points a game season was crazy. But he, he, uh, his last season there, he managed to lead the league in scoring while being toxic in the dressing room mm-hmm. and not practicing. Mm-hmm. And uh, his timing was terrible because if he had stuck around, he could have played with Dwight Howard. And that would have been because Dwight Howard got drafted the year that he got traded. That's right. And he ended up uh, lost in Houston playing next to Yao Ming while, while lottery luck fell Orlando's way again. And they got Dwight Howard, who became the centerpiece of that team for, what, eight seasons after that? Funny thing about McGrady is if he stuck around in Toronto one more year, too. Yeah, and he, and he talked about this. He said that was a mistake leaving Toronto. He's he always left early. Yeah, I mean, I just think yeah, he talked about his maturity issues, but uh, never won, never won much. So D twelve is there. They got our man Stan Van Gundy coaching the team. Yep. They're consistent fifty game fifty game winners. I think the most they won was fifty nine, but consistently fifty three, fifty five. Uh, they in the playoffs again. Made the two thousand nine finals, and who'd they lose to Jesse? Los Angeles Lakers. There you go. Correct. Yeah. Four yeah, one. So, how would you compare that team to the '90s Shaq and Penny team? They had the same success. It was a very similar amount of success. You yeah. know, they always just not not quite good enough. The surrounding cast was never quite good enough. You know, and I also think uh, Dwight Howard's a difficult guy to build a team around because he was he would your anchor on defense, but again, still limited offensively. Very aloof on offense, yeah. Very, yeah, you know. And again, free throw shooting issues that made him like a, a very hackable player. All right, you're giving away all our names here. Should we jump right. into the list? Okay, we'll just, we, we fin- I mean, we can finish up now because they've been crap for about 12 years, so there's not much to say because they have not won a playoff round since 2010. They missed playoffs well, eight, out, eight out of 10 years despite constant high draft picks. They're really bad. They're really bad. I mean, they have a, we've talked about a few of their young guys. We talked about Cole Anthony, Franz Wagner, Mo Bamba. They've got the core of a good team now, but there's no history of success in that, that no. city. So let's just forget about their last 10 years and start talking about some all-time yeah, players, Jess. Luke, Luke, start us off. All right. At point guard, we have none other than Penny Hardaway. Oh, automatic. Six seasons there, four all-star games. Uh, leads in a couple of categories. Uh, was it steals per game? Steals per game, yeah. Yeah, so career averages there, 19 points a game, 4.7 rebounds, 6.3 assists, and two steals. Yeah, it was the injuries, you know, but there was, that, there was that flash in the pan when it was Penny and Shaq, and, you know, from a cultural standpoint as well, like... Little Penny. Little Penny, little penny <laughs> you know, Nike, Nike uh, really put the nail on the head with that Little Penny campaign, and, man, I had Penny shoes, I had Penny on the wall, Penny was everywhere, you know, so, uh, yeah. How do you get the name again? His grandma called him Penny. I yeah. didn't know. I didn't know that. Because yeah. she couldn't pronounce Anthony, so she just said Penny. Anthony's a tough one. Yeah. Anthony's a tough one. All right, at shooting guard, one of my favorite players for the Magic, we have Nick Anderson. Yeah, also very well deserved. I mean, he was like the first, yeah, the first, the first draft, Magic, yeah. first Magic, first guy on the map. Right, he was Ten- par- part of some big moments on that team as well. He was indeed. The, yeah, the, the steal, good and bad, good and bad, good and know? bad. Missed yeah. free throws and stealing the yeah. ball from Michael Jordan. Yeah. Ten seasons, one of the longest serving uh, serving Magic. He was a leader in games, uh, three point attempts, steals, and steals per game. Career averages of fifteen points per game, five point three rebounds per game, two point eight assists. And a really high average at the free throw line until, until. <laughs> <laughs> the Houston Rockets. Yeah, you know, uh, 
I like Nick Anderson. I love the team he he, uh, he played with with Illinois. I'm just like a, I mean, it's weird with these teams because you say Shock was there four seasons. You know, guys left left quickly. Tracy McGrady was there for only there four seasons. But Nick Anderson, yeah, that's that's a, that's an Orlando Magic. For Magic. those of you guys that don't know, uh, Nick Anderson missed two crucial free throws, and his career was never the same afterwards. Yeah, it broke him. Broke him. Yeah, I mean, was it, that wasn't a four. Hey, yeah, it, no, was it, was, was it, it was two twice. It was two twice. Two. That's yeah, right. and um, yeah. after that, they just lost all momentum and got swept. That yeah. was that, game one. Game one. Yeah. yeah, and they were in a situation to ice the game, and he missed four consecutive free throws, and it haunted him. He's and on it, record like, saying it haunted him. He's out of the league yeah. a couple years later, right? Yeah, it just he never never got it back. Tough one. Yeah. Yeah, Small. I like me. I like myself some Nick Anderson though. Watching him in the highlights, he was just a good size. Um, he could take it to the rim. He could stretch the floor. Was a good defensive player. A uh, good teammate. Yeah, prototype wing, six six, long no, no. arms, strong, quick. Got yeah. the whole package. Yep. All right, at small forward we have T Mac Tracy McGrady. They got a type, hey. They really like the long, creative wings. Yep. Yep. Short stint. Only the four years, like we talked about. But he was an all star every year. We talked about him being a two time scoring champ. He's a Hall of Famer. He led the league, or sorry, he led the, he leads the Orlando Magic in points per game and minutes per game and plus minus, which I think is significant. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was what? He's a problem. Six nine wing with the kid had. I mean, again, one of the, I think the closest comparison is like someone like uh, Kevin Durant. I mean, it was a three yeah. level score. We talked about this on the way in. As I, I said, is McGrady one of the purest scorers of all time? I mean, dude was a bucket. Remember the seventeen points in ninety seconds? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god, that was yeah. good. He was automatic. 28 points per game, uh, obviously, with being a scoring champ. Um, seven rebounds and 5.2 assists per game. If Grant Hill was healthy, do you think they would have made a great tandem? Hard to say. Uh, you know, I mean, the it's a different league, but having those two guys as the anchors of your team, you've got scoring, ball handling, defense, long, you know. And rebounding. Yeah. 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 All right, at Power Forward, we have Dwight Howard. <laughs> <laughs> D12. D12. I mean, when it comes to putting a player in the slot, who else are you going to put? Obviously, we got, you know, who's coming up next. But yeah, yeah. Dwight, eight seasons, six All-Star games, three defensive player of the years, a future Hall of Famer. Unfortunately, not an NBA 75 player, but I, he's on my list. Oh, he made 78, didn't he? Yeah. You yeah, know, it's exactly. it's hard to remember because, because he's become such a clownish figure and mm. like people kind of laugh at him. But when he was in Orlando, he was Terrifying. Superman. People did not want to go anywhere near the bucket because no. he blocked. And we hadn't everything. seen anything like that because yeah. he was a little bit shorter. What is he? Six nine, six ten ish. Yeah, yeah. yeah not a, but could yeah. just jump. But and you remember, remember? Remember when he was like twenty four, twenty five years old and his shoulders? Yeah, he looked like the Hulk. Yeah, yeah. And just the the slam dunk competition. Yeah, you know that when that he really came out, Superman. I really put him. I on didn't the see mat. anything like that. I was just holy. It was, shit, it was, it was crazy. Just throw that in because it was the first time a guy who was a non one hundred seven footer at six ten who was the best athlete on your team. I yeah. mean, he was, he was just absurd what he did and people did not want to go. Like I said, he was, I mean, he was a defensive force that we yeah. haven't seen for a while. Significant leader in a bunch of categories, minute, including minutes, uh, free throw, free throw attempts, which is odd. <laughs> Offensive, defensive, straight. every type of rebound you can think of blocks, points, uh, his defensive rating and career averages of 18 points per game, 13 rebounds per game, uh, an assist and a half and also 2.5 blocks per game. So where, where did he go when he left Orlando, Jesse? Oh, the Los Angeles Lakers. Wow. Correct, yes. Where is he now? Los Angeles I'll tell you yeah, something yeah. funny, because you know how the um, NBA players' heights got readjusted to be accurate. Yeah. He went from being listed at 6'11 to 6'9. Yeah. So him and LeBron, because LeBron went from 6'8 to being 6'9. Dwight used to look so massive with those shoulders. You put him and LeBron next to each other now, Dwight's smaller than LeBron. Well, he's shrinking. Happens, well, also happens to all of us. I mean, I think that there's <laughs> only when it's cold, mate. Only when it's cold. The, the, but the league, you know, the league has changed, and even LeBron has been losing muscle mass. They've, tra- yeah. you know, guys have been saying, you know, those those big shoulders and big bodies. How is knees. LeBron James losing muscle mass? He's he, the biggest he's ever been right now. No, he was bigger. He was nearly two ninety. They had him on the scale. They had him on the scale the last year in Cleveland. He was nearly two ninety. Two ninety. Yeah. Like two, I think they had him at 280 something and then he realized his knees were hurting and back yeah. was hurting and he went on that that was that first summer he did the crazy diet and was gramming about his diet yeah. losing all that weight so gotcha. alright let's continue at center we have someone else that's more than 290 that's Shaquille O'Neal Shaquille man four seasons only but yeah. what a four Short seasons stand. they were four time all-star rookie of the year he was a scoring champ he's obviously a hall of famer and an NBA 75er he changed the game well, I mean, he was We've just never seen anything like it. No, I mean, no, it, it, it made ca- 
the uptake of new casual basketball fans sure, yeah. was huge. Yeah, because Shack attack. Because he was he was literally like a cartoon character in size. I I mean I was lucky enough to see Shaq play yep. when he played for Orlando and when he played against the Celtics. I was down there for nice. for a little winter break and they played against uh, Robert Parrish was still playing. Destroyed Robert. <laughs> and like it was crazy because you knew in your head that Robert Parrish was a legitimate seven foot guy and he was big, you know, big wide shoulders and that kind of stuff. And he stood next to Shock and Shock made him look like an infant. I mean, every part of Shock, head, hands, ass, calves, every part Shoes, of Shock size was foot. bigger than every part of Parrish. It just, right. just like like Parrish had been. What, did you go to the locker room after, mate? Is that where this information no, comes from? No, he just stood there. Like he just, and it just like. Reading those forums, eh? Reading that again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just got, just, hey, man, just. Courtside season. It was like, probably yeah. just very obvious. There was a line. There was the old regime and the new regime. Yeah, for sure. The modern NBA. Yeah, yeah. And he was handling the ball and hey, leading the fast break. Yeah. And some yeah. of the best shots in NBA TV. The one where he slides into the camera. The one where he lands on his back. That's the other thing. He's, he's such a, a such a personable guy. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, all the marketing. He was a marketing marketing campaign dream as yeah. well. You know, and just the personality that he brought along with with the dominance in the league. You know, and uh, I will also always say, say that if Shaq had focused on basketball, he would be we'd be talking about him as the greatest player of all time, and he would have won a by championship a landslide. by yeah. a landslide. I mean, yeah. he just he just he conditioning and all that kind of stuff, spending the off season with fushnickens, and you know all that kind of stuff. You know, but he was he was. I guess he was, it's kind of he was too big for the game. He just had too He's much too other stuff going on, and it kind of came too easy to him because he could turn up at three forty or whatever he weighed in Phoenix and still play. Sure. So okay. yeah, all right. Coming off the bench, we have Nikola Vukovic. Vooch, Vooch, Vooch. Eleven seasons. I I forgot that he was there for eleven We've, years. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when we were doing Vooch. that, and when I was looking at the numbers, I was like, "Holy crap, he was really good there yeah, for a long yeah. time." And I guess it's it comes down to the fact that those eleven seasons coincided with, with the ten losing with, with with not with they them were being trash. trash. Yeah, and he just kept producing on bad teams. Yeah, but he was a two time All Star. Uh, he's a leader in field goals, field goals attempted, uh, two point field goals. I mean, not significant leadership, but like. 17.8 points per game, 10 rebounds a game, and almost three assists yeah, for a big Yeah, he a walking double-double. Yeah, exactly. Couldn't defend, but yeah, walking double-double. I'm happy that he's that he's found a spot with a successful basketball team yeah. now with Chicago. But, uh, yeah, we, were, we weren't we were so high on Vooch coming into this, and we crunched some numbers, and we were like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, we got to put Vooch up there. Got to be in there, too. Yeah. Also, this guy. Jameer Nielsen. Yeah. Yeah, another yeah. guy. It's like longevity. Ten, ten seasons there. Ten seasons. Just just the one all-star, but yeah. well-deserving. He reminds me of Mike Connolly, where he finally got that all-star, you know? Yeah, I think people loved him, you know, and they respected him. You know, again, he just played for some, played with gig players, was always a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, he's okay. He was a classic, like a pure point guard. I think he's a Mark Jackson kind of point yep, guard. totally. Pass first, you Not know. Not the most athletic, but always made the right pass. A, yeah. A smart player, too. Yeah, could see the yeah. court, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. All right, then, who do we have? Who's your favorite? So we all, get, we all got to pick one guy, yeah. you know, because we had the For seven you guys. guys. Forget. Yeah, we got to pick one. I had to go with uh, my boy, Scotty Skiles. And despite only playing there for five seasons, he was uh, he averaged 13 points a game. But uh, there was one game in particular that stands out and obviously is still a record to this day. 1990 in Denver, they won the game. Uh, Scotty put up 22 points a game and how many assists? Three, zero, 30, 30 assists. 30 it's 30 an absurd exists. number. It's an untouchable number. I don't know that anybody like. There've been a couple of twenty that, assist games. Yeah, but you'd think the pool of players we have in the league right now, there would be somebody who can get close, and the closest has been I think twenty four. Yeah, not even close. So, Scottie and it's Scottie not like they had a good team back then either. They, no. he must have put the players yeah. in good positions. Because you know, who that else was, was on there? Nick Anderson. Yeah, he was being coached by Matty Gukas. It was the first That's go right. around. <laughs> That's yeah, right. That, yeah. Pretty bad team. I got Scotty. But yeah, Scotty Scouts. All right, well, I'm going one from a little bit later, but I'm going to Horace Grant. And I was up in the air on this because Ronnie Cycli was a good player there, averaging 16 and 12. Syracuse. Yeah, but he just didn't play long enough. Horace Grant had an impact after he left the Bulls. He come to the Magic. <laughs> Did he ever have an impact after yeah. he left the Bulls? Yeah, and they knocked on Jordan's comeback. You yeah. know, they knocked him out, and then Horace Grant was up on the shoulders. That was his moment. Yeah. Um, they just didn't have that much success after that, but he was a quality start, starting power forward for him. He also brought the experience to that team that you they know, didn't and already we, have. And we talk a little bit, we talked about big threes, and he was definitely the third wheel in that big three and sure. that the first the, one of the go-rounds. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, he felt like he didn't get the shine, and he was happy to go there and get out of town and get some get some good weather. Yeah, and, until, uh, until Jordan came back. Yeah, until Jordan came back. <laughs> well, mine, 
I'm going for a guy who went, uh, he had two go-rounds, had three seasons, went away, sucked in a couple other places, and then came back and had his career re-going again. Hito. Hito Turkoglu. Man, that guy was terrible in Toronto, but he was, he, I think that like it just seemed like the weather in the Gulf. He loved it down in Florida because he played with other teams. He played with Sacramento, Little Tom in Toronto. I think he got traded somewhere else at Phoenix, Little Tom yeah. there. And all his best seasons were in Orlando. He was like a most improved a, player in Orlando. Yeah, and a, a most improved player, kind of the original point forward. Yeah. yeah. You know, like he would carry the ball up, distributed the ball, and kind of ran the team from the forward spot. 6'10, like lots of length there. Uh, charismatic kind of guy. You kind of always got the sense he was having a smoke at halftime. Like he was just kind of that classic European. Yeah, no, he was like, having a smoke. At he was definitely having a smoke at halftime. Smoke at halftime. Yeah. So, Modeled his game off Pedro Stojakovic. Yeah, it's very prevalent in his game. And, yeah, you uh, could see that in his dribbling style, shooting yeah. style. Well, played his first couple of seasons with him. That's right. Yeah. 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 But yeah, he had a, a couple of good playoff series. One against the Lakers, and really took it to the next level, averaging about twenty-two and yeah. like seven assists. It was re- yeah, really, really, really good. Yeah, yeah is really this uh, is this our first all time lineup that you're scared to death of? Yeah, that's a hell of a lineup. These guys are fuck you right up. Yeah, that's that that mess up some teams. Yeah, no doubt. How about a coach? You got a coach? Stan Van Gundy, man. Yeah, he was. Uh, I think he had five consecutive seasons coaching there with uh, more than fifty wins when uh, when Dwight was there. He was there. He coached uh, Dwight. I mean, and the man, the fact that he was able to make that team work with an absolute wild card and dingbat like Dwight Howard <laughs> and, tell, get tell and get to the finals and get to the finals. It wasn't a dingbat quite yet then. Yeah, right? like, still, he was calling ego, himself. He, was he still was, was calling himself Superman, even though Shaq was also. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, was already yeah, Superman. Yeah, he's a dick from the start. Yeah. Right? <laughs> anytime, yeah. anytime you got a winning percentage over five hundred, he was three hundred ninety four and two hundred fifty nine. Was overall record in five seasons. That's yeah. Good. On 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 a team that hasn't had this had a couple of good periods, but has had long down stretches. Yeah, he was. Hell of a coach, and I like Stan Van Gundy. Well, that's the show for today. If you're not following us on social media, go out and find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Raining Three and on Twitter at Raining Three. Next week's show, we're excited about it. Lots. Already. Lots. We're got going to do all-time Phoenix Suns. We might even do the whole show on the Phoenix Suns. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We got whoa. a lot of other shit. No, we got a lot of other stuff. We'll be talking about uh, all-star snubs. We'll be talking about the all-star weekend with Rising Stars game. And we're going to be real close to trade deadlines. Yeah, trade so deadlines I think there'll up. be some stuff happening. We'll, we'll be talking rumors. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See you all next all week. Right. Be easy. Cheers, guys. Bye. I love the West Side. <sighs> it's time to party. <sighs> Whenever Superman is in the house. <sighs> I love the East Side. It's time to put you whenever Superman is in the house. I like playing on the west side. Shook but I'm turning It's the fact that Shaq Could leave a cold track burning Lean the low in the Tahoe My whole crew to follow A convoy, a hundred thousand dollar cars follow Keep your eyes on the biggest big man In the era Whether it's rap, football, and Rico Gates Bring the terror D-W-I-S to the end The world is mine And I'm a shot from now to 99 I'm don't for breaking back, boy, it's easy. Leaving cops shook, slippy, like they greasy. Pockets ain't cheesy, believe me. You can stack your chips on the remix and still couldn't see me. Now flee me. Run to the border, hit the water, cause your style and your profile is out of order. I flow like a river, none come bigger. It's a fact, big shack is just one band. I like playing on the west Limit. And Shaq's no gimmick, you can mimic what your front and your face. I like playing on the west side.